Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tip Show. Show. A show designed to assist man in his quest to succeed on Pinterest. If you have interests in the content you want to share, content you want your clients to see, learn ways to grow and succeed in this unique and exciting world, one man will assist you on your journey. To become a pinner and grow your presence online, men and women can share in the success. And here to show you how is your host, is your host Jeff C. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Manly Pinterest Tips Podcast. I'm Jeff C., and you're not. Everyone, I mean everyone, is talking about Facebook Live. And that's what we're going to be discussing on today's show. But first, have you headed over to ManlyPinterestTips.com and downloaded my free tackle box? It's full of some of my favorite tools that I use to create my images and boost my productivity. Quit fishing for resources and go download my free Manly Pinterest Tips tackle box at ManlyPinterestTips.com. Now, today's show, as I mentioned, is all about Facebook Live. Are you wondering what all the fuss is about? Does the idea of getting in front of a camera, let alone broadcasting live, make you more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs? Sorry, that's a Texas saying. Then today's show is for you. Today, my guest is Shannon Hernandez. Shannon is currently an on-air personality at 98 KUPD in Phoenix, Arizona, and brings over 16 years of live broadcasting experience to the table. His goal is to help people get over their fears of presentation and the delivery of their message when they are public speaking online. He helps people crack the mic and flip open the lens with confidence and self-assurance that their message is more important than others. Now, this interview that I did with Shannon was a live show where the audience was able to interact with myself, guests, and each other. If you'd like to be a part of one of our live shows, make sure to head on over to ManlyPinterestTips.com and join our email community to find out when our next live show is. Come join us where you can ask your own questions during the show. Shannon has been instrumental in helping me become a better live video producer and podcaster. And I know that today's show will help you boost your live presentation skills. So let's jump right into my conversation with Shannon Hernandez. Shannon, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on your your wildly popular uh, lab show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no problem. And as I'm talking with Shannon today, if you have any questions, people in our live audience, make sure you ask questions by typing forward slash Q in the stream, and we will try to get to them during today's show. So we're going to jump right into questions, Shannon. So how did you become an on-air personality? You know, I know you have like a master's degree in secondary education, but so <laughs> you made kind of the switch to, you know, this on-air personality thing. Was this something you've always wanted to do? Uh, yeah, man. I, in fact, I wanted to do this since I was in uh, junior high. So when I was in seventh grade, I wanted to be a radio disc jockey. There was a there was a, a morning show host here in the Phoenix area, and his name was Dave Pratt. And uh, Dave was then was known as the guy in the Phoenix area, the most popular morning show. And of course, I was like, I want to be like Dave Pratt. And um, and all through my years, I was I was told I can't do radio. You don't have the voice. You don't have the confidence. And, uh, you know, of course, those were the old school days. That's when teachers just really didn't care. They were very discouraging towards you. But I just I kind of kept that whole dream alive and like, ah, let, 
let's keep the dream alive. And so uh, I went off to college and I think I was like a very average student. I, you know, C's get degrees. Um, I just didn't really do much in college. I think I partied way too hard, but I still had that dream of wanting to be on the radio. And by the time I reached my second senior year, uh, I ended up applying to a radio station that is actually our sister station. And I started doing a research job and it just kind of went from there. And, uh, you know, 16 years later, uh, I know I might have put in my bio, it said 19, but I've been in radio for 16 years. It doesn't matter. Anything Anything after 15, it doesn't matter. Right, Jeff? Right, right. So, <laughs> but you know, 16 years later, uh, here I am, and I'm working for the top rock radio station in Phoenix, Arizona, um, with some of the best ratings out there, man. And uh, uh, 98 KUPD is known as the rock station on the West Coast if you're into rock music. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I've actually been on your show. I, it's cool because I'll listen in and I'll see your live show and I'll pop in, yeah. and it's fun to do that. So, now, were you getting your master's at the same time when you were doing the, at the other the gig at the other place too? Or, I mean, were you kind of working at both places? Oh, man, I've done a million different things. I've worked really, really hard. Um, can you see the Stirls on Rise? I know I got some really bad lighting here today, but like this has been here for like the last 16 years, the circles under my eyes. <laughs> Uh, I work, you know, man, I work, I work really hard to do what I want to do, but I also want to work smart. But um, to answer your question, when I first started at KUPD, I was a part-time jock and um, I was, I worked various jobs. I was, I was an administrative, administrative assistant. What's that? Like, that's just a, that's like a a politically correct term to say you're a secretary. And so I was a man secretary for a while. And then uh, I worked for a PR agency and that around the time when I was working for a PR agency, I, re- I decided I wanted to go back to school and I wanted to become a high school English teacher because I was like, dude, let's, this summer's off thing is awesome. Like let's do the summer's yeah. off thing. Yeah. And uh, so I went back to school and I, I got my master's degree. Um, and uh, while I was getting my master's degree, I taught about 80 miles east of Phoenix um, and I drove every day back and forth. So a total of 160 miles. I drove 160 miles a day for a full school year to obtain my master's degree. And that was just a lot of, of driving. And so wow. um, the second year that I taught, so I had gotten my degree. Then the second year that I had taught, I moved in 80 miles, but I still worked about a good 25 miles away. And uh, my old high school English teacher, um, math teacher, he was the one that hired me. He was the principal of the school and he hired me. And um, I got on as a teacher. I was a high school AP English teacher. That's where you teach smart kids. And typically the right. kids are smarter than you. And you're like, oh, like they'll call you out. And you're like, well, just do it my way because I'm telling you so, you know? <laughs> so I, I just, I taught kids. But by my second semester, uh, I was still working at the radio station. Keep in mind, I was working the radio station um, wow. this whole time on the weekends, doing shifts from seven to midnight. And that I just kept doing that. And so, I was getting ready to quit quit radio. I was just done. I was like, I've had this. I I just can't work weekends. I want to possibly start a family, maybe have a couple of kids and, you know, let's let's do some fun stuff with kids. And um, my uh, we had a couple losses at the radio station in terms of like people, different personnel going to radio stations in Vegas. And uh, my boss at the time was promoted to the program director. And then he came in about a month later and uh, he said, hey, do you want to work as a full time disc jockey? I said, yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and do that. And I said, but, you know, I'm still in the middle of teaching. So can you like kind of hold off the hiring process for right. a months he's like no you either you take it or you don't and i was like oh man and like name whatever expletive that came out of my mouth at that time and i just i had to think about it and i thought you know what if i want to really do this i'm gonna have to really 
suck it up and do it. And so for a full semester, um, it was uh, eight years ago for a full semester this spring that I was working two full-time jobs. I was working full-time as a high school English teacher and full-time as a radio disc jockey and getting like three hours of sleep a night for a full semester. Oh man. Yeah. Wow. Well, th- that leads kind of the next question. Um, what would you tell like a young person who has your kind of same story and he re- he's heard the radio and he idolizes Shannon Hernandez, the Shan man. He listens to you every night. Uh, and he wants to do what you want to do. What would you tell him? What advice would you give him to go into this field? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so do radio. It's uh, it sounds bad. Well, here's the thing. You and I when I say that kind of like tongue in cheek, but if you're the guy who wants to be in radio, um, but you have no desire, you have no drive, you have no nothing of that sort. Like you know, go work you know, go work at your, your job at the smash burger, you know, like enjoy that job because it probably right. pays a little better, you know, uh, because for, you won't get paid in radio for a really long time. You won't, I mean, you just, that's just the truth of it. But if I were to encourage someone and say, Hey, you want to be in radio? Okay. You're going to have to really buckle down. You're going to have to pull belts, uh, you know, the belt strap really tight and wait for the ride because it's just going to, you're going to go, you're going to have lots of ups and downs. I would say that being in radio is very similar to being, uh, like an entrepreneur starting out, you're always broke and you're always worried about where your money's going to come from next. You know, that's kind of what it is. So um, my advice to someone wanting to get into radio is that you have to have drive. You have to find a way to get in and you have to find um, you have to be personable. That's really kind of what it is. You have to be personable without being overbearing. Gotcha. Well, would there be like back then there was like radio and nothing else and maybe mm-hmm. you know tv or something now they have like podcasts and you have social media you have these platforms we're gonna be talking about today would you encourage them maybe to go and say hey maybe start your own podcast to see if you like it or is there some similarities there that you can you could push them towards or not yeah i mean there are some similarities to starting a podcast if you're someone looking to get into broadcasting it's good to go ahead and um you know, it's good to just practice it. I mean, that's the best thing. Um, they always say like, you know, your best, pra- you know, people you hear in the entrepreneurial world all the time, like be, don't be like someone else, but like, I'm going to actually be the one person to tell you like practice by trying to, trying to mimic like what the other jocks are doing. Don't be like them because you'll, you'll end up coming up with your own style eventually, but right. it's just good practice uh, to follow their style in the beginning. But then you have to develop your own style because you really don't want to be like anyone else. So do a podcast, do a Facebook live, do a blab, do whatever you can, like hang on to technology. I think, and I'm not saying that I'm the best example of this, but I would say that, and I'm not really kind of trying to toot my own horn, but most radio disc jockeys that I see around the nation, there are some that are doing it really great. Like they're doing, they're doing social really great. They have their own podcast, they have whatever, and they're doing it really great. But I would say 90% of the jocks out there, they're so lazy. They don't like doing this type of stuff. They hate doing it. And it's just, it's, it's above, it's above their pay grade, I guess you could say, and they just don't want to do it. So um, for me, it's like, Hey man, uh, it's like a game. Like how many fans can I get and how many can I get to come and watch me play the guitar on a Facebook live feed? Or how many can I get them to listen to me live stream, uh, you know, on our live streaming app for 98 KUPD. Right. Very cool. So, so, yeah. so I know you really cut your teeth kind of broadcasting when Periscope really rolled out. I mean, that was when, <laughs> you know, well, I really, I mean, you're, you're, you're broadcasting live video is what I meant. I mean, you know, you've been doing radio for a long time, but I remember when you started doing Periscope and really started doing that, like, all the time and you know yeah. so what what was the initial pull for periscope 
why did you start kind of with the live video broadcasting thing? And then we'll talk about Facebook Live a little bit after that. So because what was it this? was. Oh, go ahead. So what was the big pull there? What, why did you why did you want to do that? Because it was cool. I mean, come on. <laughs> no. Did you have a, uh, you have a huge uh, a Twitter following before? Is that why you did it? Um, well, I had a D I don't have like a massive following. Like you see, like some of these people, they like got massive followers. Uh, you know, I had like, you know, I think I, at the time I had like 4,000 people that were following me on Twitter, probably like, you know, 60% of them were dead accounts. So, right. uh, you know, you know, who knows, but I, I just, I kind of just dropped off of Twitter because I wasn't getting the engagement. All my engagement was coming to Facebook, but when Periscope came out, I was actually an Android user at the time. And you of all people were telling me I need to get an iPhone, get an iPhone, get an iPhone. And I was like, no, I'm dead set on on having an Android phone. Anyway, long story short, uh, Periscope finally came out for Android and I got on it and I was like, this is cool. Like I basically could tell someone on a live stream on Periscope who was like they could watch me at the radio station and like watch me eat, you know, my chicken and you know, sweet potato dinner. And they were like, dude, that dinner looks good. And you know what you should try? Like they're giving me tips on like how to eat my dinner, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> eat it with chopsticks instead, you know? And I'm like, what? you know, and this is a cool thing. Like it's like instant interaction. And this is what I think kind of drew me to it was that it was just that instant interaction. Like I could talk to people and I could be like, whoa, like uh, if they're telling me what to do, like I could reciprocate that right back and ask them to do something for me. And so I thought that was a really cool thing. So it turned out to be where I was really kind of just testing out Periscope for the most part. And like you would see me come in and I really was just testing out, man. I, I mean, I was just I was just effing around. That's all it was. And <laughs> and like I like one day I'd show like I get on a Periscope and I say, what do you guys want to see tonight? And people would say, oh, I want to see you stroke your beard. And like at times I got that. They're like, want to see me stroke my beard? And I'm like, all right, I'll stroke my beard. You know, and they thought that was the coolest thing ever. They thought it was like so mind blowing. Then it turned into like going down the hallway and then like, like basically kind of like interviewing my coworkers. And then it turned from interviewing my coworker to saying, hey, Drew, which is my coworker. I said, uh, what would you do for the Periscope audience? You know, he would just like pull it around and he'd be like, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. And then like spontaneously pull his shirt up and start doing the truffle shuffle. And then all of a sudden my Periscope viewers like blasted out of the sky. And I was getting like over a hundred, 200 views um, in real time with people because this ridiculous radio guy on the other end was like shaking his body and like, doing a truffle shuffle and it, it like it got this interaction it was entertainment to them and they loved it they loved that they were being entertained so then i took it even further and i thought well what will i what would they do if i uh picked up the guitar and i started playing the guitar on my periscope and so you would probably jump into a couple of those and i would jump in and i would get on the guitar and i'd jam out some heavy metal tune from metallica play a pantera tune whatever and people were like holy cow and so then that would get shared out so I started seeing that the, the possibilities on Periscope were really kind of endless and I could continue to grow my audience on Periscope. But then the big, you know, monster of Facebook was they were like, screw this, like we're just basically going to copy exactly what's going on. Right. with periscope and meerkat and you know let's just copy every other social network because we want to annihilate pretty much anyone else that is out there right and um that's when facebook live came into play and my twitter following and my periscope following went almost to zero like i get on periscope i get like one or two people who still subscribe to my updates 
updates. It's crazy. So they've moved. They just naturally moved to Facebook Live then? Yeah. And I mean, because my audience was already on Facebook and I was I was I was starting to like it it came to my phone and I was like, whoa, you know, that by, by that point. Um, I had gotten an iPhone because I was like, you know, I can't just deal with this Android stuff. So I got the iPhone and I started getting the updates for uh, for Facebook Live. And it came to my phone one day and I was like, oh, wow. And I started using it for my profile. And on my first uh, Facebook Live stream, I think I had I think I had something like for me, it was like at that time, it was like 80 people that like instantly showed up. And I was like, whoa, that is like mind blowing to me because I had been building a brand on a profile. But like we will get into later how i moved that though okay cool well the 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 reason i was i was thinking about this is because i know that um before like if they wanted to talk to a radio personality they'd have to call up the station and maybe be like the you know the 98th caller or whatever and they could maybe get on the radio (laughs) with you or whatever but it seems like this gives you that and um uh, roy had mentioned in the comments he said that it's instant interaction so it was really cool that now these people who are your fans and may have listened to you passively for so long now can go, hey, Shannon, you know, go show me what your coworker's doing and you can go do that. And I noticed the same way. I'm a big Jim Gaffigan fan and I love his. He, when he came yeah. out with a new show, he was showing you behind the scenes and how he was editing it and all this really cool stuff. And so uh, that just, you know, endeared me more to him. And I think that's probably kind of what you're seeing is it's a it's a way for your fans to kind of get behind the scenes and 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 talk to you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really kind of it. It's kind of like right now I see in your comment section on Facebook, some of my fans are there. Like one Cheryl Walker right now is talking about tacos because I talk about tacos on my Facebook live feed and who doesn't love tacos. Right. That's right. You took me to have tacos when in Arizona. That was, yeah, yeah, we had some amazing tacos. And so people like Cheryl and Sarah Salyer, they're they're these people who love to be on my live feed. And so what was your question, though? I, I think I kind of I wanted to no, say hi to them, but I also I think, want to answer the question. Yeah, I just was that um, that was a way for your fans to interact with you yeah. in a new and, and almost instantaneous way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really kind of what it is like. They they didn't know who I was, I guess you could say, like when I got on to um the radio every night they just heard a voice and then if they saw me at a concert they like the, i would get like one of two uh comments i'd be like oh you're shorter than i expected or wow you look way different than i expected you know and it's yeah. like so nice to meet you too thank you you know like they don't know but then when they get on a facebook live you get the same interaction like wow you don't look anything like i thought you look like on the radio and so it really gives that it's that one, two point connection. Like they really get to connect with you. And there's just something about live video where it still does not Trump being in person, but right. you still can see, you can still see like, uh, you know, those, those cues, those social cues, those, those, you know, you could just see interactions with that person. You could just kind of see how they're acting and um, kind of get a gauge on what they're trying to do. Because if you, I mean, that I think is very important, you know, just those, those, what, what do you call them? I can't remember. Remember, I'm like a, a C student, so I don't remember these fancy terms. <laughs> well, I think it's also cool because like, if you do see people on video, when you do actually meet them live, um, that it's just like continuing the conversation. Like Mike Alton's in the audience and he and I have been friends online forever. I mean, he was on the first Manly Pinterest tip show we ever did. And um, we didn't meet until this year at social media marketing world, but it was just like, we, we'd always hung out before and it was everybody, you know, at the talk where, you know, I saw Peg and Mike and I teared up a little bit cause they're all sitting in the row, but it was, <laughs> it was awesome because all of my friends there were. And so it was very, very cool. 
Um, but I do want to move into um, a little bit of difference because, you know, right now, um, like what we're doing on Blab, mm-hmm. it's much different than what you do on Facebook Live or what you used to do on Periscope. Um, like right now, we're bouncing the conversation off each other. Um, but it's a lot harder to keep things moving when it's just you. I, I'm not a big fan of doing, you know, even my Facebook Live by myself right now or a Periscope. It's just I mean, I can do it. It's just, but I like doing this better. So what advice do you give people who are just starting out on what, I guess you'd call it like solo broadcasting, solo live video? Uh, Don't do it. No, I'm kidding. That that was for the, that was for the radio guy. I'm sorry. I'm confused. I'm confused. No, um, you know, just get in and start practicing getting used to being in front of the camera and just do it from your profile. Like start from your profile in the beginning, because that's the best part about it is that it goes out to your friends. But when I say start it from your profile, it doesn't mean starting your live feed and holding your phone like this, but then you're like, Oh, hang on, let me go over here. And then you put your phone down like this. And so then the camera's like, it looks like you're underwater and you're like freaking out and like have the camera stationary and get in front and the whole point is just to get in front in front of there and start talking about a topic. The best thing that you can do, like I'll tell you right now, the best thing that you can do is go into the trending topics in Facebook, start talking about one of the trending topics that are interesting to you and see if you can get a reaction out of the audience that is watching you. I mean, what better way to do that? And then, I mean, that's just a good way of, of figuring out a topic. I mean, that's pretty basic if you ask me, but most people kind of overlook it. That's a great tip. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, so um, now you can also broadcast just to yourself to make sure it's working. Can't you just do it like um, you can broadcast it just to your friends, but you can also just broadcast to me uh, and yeah. test it that way. Yeah, but that. Yeah. But, but to, to first start, I think you would probably want to just do it to your friends before you go out to the world and get mocked um, uncontrollably <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And I honestly, you know, I, I don't think you would ever really get mocked um, because people are, are fans of you. But, you know, I've had a couple trolls come into my Facebook lives and I call them out on it and I say, you know, don't be a jerk, you know. But for my audience, like if you're going to be a fan of me on my Facebook live, be prepared. There might be a little bit of swearing, but it's just because like I only use it to make a point. And so right. if there's someone that's being a jerk, I call them out on it and I, you know, I, I ban them from my page. But uh, you know, because I've gotten some people like where I shared something out about uh, smoking cigarettes and there was like, um, you know, it was Sanjay Gupta from CNN or something like that shared something about uh, the electronic cigarette. And then all of a sudden, like this guy gets into the live feed and it became political at that point. I'm like, dude, you don't have to be a jerk about it. Like just right. like it got it, it turned into like it talked about Obama. And I was like, how does this? I don't even want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, (laughs) let's just like, we're talking about smoking right now. So I guess it's just a matter of like, you just got to get comfortable in front of the, um, the camera. You're going to get very few trolls unless you're being really opinionated, then you will get trolls. And you need to have a plan on how to handle it. I I guess. So you were ready, you know how to block them, you know how to, you know, get them off the thing. So not to let that, I guess, fluster you. Cause I remember one time we, I was on here and I got one and I'm like, Oh, what do I do? Uh, you know, and so, <laughs> and so you kind of have to have a plan in place in case something like that does happen. So yeah, the best thing is to just ignore them. You just ignore them. And if they keep going, you just like silently block them and it'll, that's it. Yeah. You just, ignore well, this, them. this guy was attacking other people in the comments and I'm like, I got to deal with this. And so that's why I had to figure out how to block them. So, yeah. um, is there a, t- a typical length of time you try to do on Facebook Live? Is there kind of a sweet spot you try to hold your show to? 
This is an interesting topic of discussion because I've heard so many people say, nope, the shorter, the better. And I'm like, that makes zero sense for me in a live streaming situation. Like you have, okay, you have two types of video. You have pre-recorded, pre-produced video, which they say is you, you should have your video anywhere between like what, a minute to two minutes if you're doing pre-recorded video, okay? Then you have live video and people I, I have heard, I have heard social people, social experts tell me one to two minutes. And I'm like, that makes zero sense. And they're like, why did I go? Because that does not give enough people time to get in and tune in. It's like watching TV. And so you have to give them time to come in and discuss. So what I've noticed in my own personal live feeds is that even though I go live, I have instant people that will come in. Like it could be anywhere. Like I see it, it'll pop up. It'll say like five, then it jumps to 20, then it jumps to 60. And then finally we're at 90. So those people are like waiting for me to get on live because they want to see right. whether I shaved my beard that day or if I've trimmed my hair too short or if I'm going to play the guitar. They are re- waiting for me. But the other thing is that I will have gone one to two minutes and I will have done my calls to actions, let tell people to share out my feed, do those things. By that point in time, we're talking like, you know, maybe three or four minutes. And then I, I keep getting my, my, my feed shared out there. Okay. So I go into my topic or I talk about whatever I need to talk about. Well, I go about 10 minutes and by the, by the 10 minute mark, I start seeing pe- things rise or I see uh, the engagement kind of leveling off and it stays about the same because it's either because someone has tuned in and they're like, ah, it's like TV. It's like TV. You right. tune into a station or you tune out. And if you're not right. saying something engaging, they're tuning out. All right. But if they're a fan of you, they're staying tuned in. So you're getting these people constantly coming in all the time. So I've seen at points of time, you know, 15 to 20 minutes into my feed because I have something to talk about and I'm engaging with my audience. I've seen it reach as high as five to 600. I've seen it as low as 90. It just Mm. depends. And what was interesting is interesting is that one of my feeds last week was the same night as the, uh, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers Golden State Warriors game. And that was like one of my, that was one of my lowest feeds. And I was like, makes sense. Makes total sense. They're all watching TV right now because they don't want to watch the long haired guy talk about, you know, why plays the talk by by his today's taco, his fish taco today doesn't taste great. You know, it's just like, that's it. So if you, if I were to answer that question for you, I would think of it, think of it in terms of like a TV show. Your favorite TV show is how long, like, maybe 20 minutes. It could be about 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes. So I keep it anywhere between 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, Well, I try to, let's put it this way. I try to, I typically go 30 because I'm answering questions most of the time. Gotcha. Well, here's a question that uh, L Joseph uh, said. He goes, if you're starting out with a minimal following, is it worth going the Facebook live route as opposed to working through YouTube and linking the vids to Facebook? So I guess his question too, this is going to be kind of a two part question would be, okay, is it better to do live video or is it better to do like pre-recorded video that you share, um, you know, up, you know, you, you upload it to, to Facebook and share it in your stream. What's, what's so cool about live video versus just regular video? Um, well, to answer that question, uh, who was that, Joe? Um, that was jo- El, El Joseph. Yeah. Uh, the best thing is to do a live video live from Facebook because natively Facebook favors it better than actual video that you're just uploading. So 
Uh, it kind of, I guess you could say it's kind of tiered out. Um, and this is what I have read to in different, different news reports. And, you know, I subscribe to all these different things about Facebook Live. Video still gets some pretty good traction if you're consistently uploading video onto Facebook. But Facebook Live, if you are consistent with it, it reaches the newsfeed higher and faster than anything else. Like they are favoring live video natively in Facebook over anything else, over photos, over status updates, over you know anything like that. It's like they want this to be a video platform. It's obvious. It's very. It's like painfully obvious. So I would say that the workaround here is that like if you're trying to do, if you don't want to get on Facebook or something like that. Uh, it's you, you can't they want you on their platform they want people on their website they want you watching on facebook they want this to be like the best tv station ever right. so if you if you don't want to participate and you want to participate on youtube by all means knock yourself out if you have a following on youtube you probably will get like a lot of people on there that was the beauty of youtube because a lot of youtubers got out there they were just uploading videos and so they started getting this following and so whenever on the videos, they would respond back to some of the comments in the YouTube comments. It was a cool thing. You're like, oh my God, you know, super cool guy, 62. Thank you so much for your comment. And right. that was a cool thing. Now on live video, it's instant. It's right there. And people, and the best part is that people can share it within the app and you get more people coming in. Like I always tell my audience that live feeds don't happen if they don't happen. Like in other words, live feeds don't happen if you aren't sharing this out and building community with me. So you've got to do it with me. Otherwise, it sucks. That's it. So that's a good question. So how do you um, how do you interact with people via comments without looking like you're like ADHD? Because I've seen some, <laughs> Facebook, you know, they'll start they'll start making a conversation, and then they'll read a comment, they'll make they'll go back to the conversation, and then they'll oh hey hey Bob how are you doing? Oh yeah, it's it's great weather here. And anyway, and and it's like if you're trying to watch them, it just drives you bonkers. So. How, what are your like tips to like wrangle comments? Like I know you do that at the beginning. You do that really well. It's like kind of warming your guests up uh, and you're kind of monitoring that as you're doing your show. But what are, what are some tips that you would have for people for, you know, interacting, you know, live? You know, I think um, kind of how I do it uh, in the beginning is like when I, I, I hit the record button, you know um, you know, or when the stream begins um, you know, when the stream begins, I already have a plan that I'm going to a share out my broadcast, um, you know, to my assets. So my assets being my profile. So I'm going to share it out to my profile so I can get people who I've built an audience on, on my profile to come on over to my page and start, you know, watching on my page. And then I ask my audience, you need to share this out. So there's my first point of attack right there is I need to get the audience engaged. Then I start getting these people are like, Hey, Shan, how's it going? What'd you think of that slipknot news? You know, and they start asking me questions. Well, I can't get to all the questions because I'm taking care of things in the beginning. And they know that they know that this is what's happening. They know that there's going to be a little bit of a lag. So I try to get some of my most important points out in that first minute, minute and a half, because I know that they're going to tune out. Okay. So I always say something like, so if we were starting the live stream right now, when the stream begins, um, I go, Hey guys, what's going on? It's the Shan man. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it today. We're going to be talking about uh, Jeff C's beard. Also, we'll be talking about the importance of why you guys need to be, uh, you know, drinking some water in this heat. It's just oppressive right now, but do me a favor, share out 
this broadcast because this broadcast does not happen. It's not cool. It's not good if you guys don't share it out. So share it out with a friend. Maybe there's someone that you know needs some tips on water and they had heat stroke. You know, we can give you some tips on on water and not all the time that I do that. You know. You know, right. so not all the time do I do that, but that's kind of like best thing to do because you want to get it out there and get your calls to action out there. Then I jump in to share this out. Then I start answering questions. So I answer questions and I'll, I'll be like, oh, what's up, David Arbisu? How you doing? Hi, Sarah. What's going on? Oh, yeah. You know, I had today was a really hot day, you know, when I was at the gym. So I start answering the questions and start kind of holding the conversation just as much as I'm like holding a conversation with you, Jeff. Like it's very similar, just like holding a conversation, but I'm not focused on every comment that's coming through because that's what post live feed is for. That's when you can go back and comment back and say, sorry, I missed your comment, but I am paying attention to you. Very good. Very cool stuff. So yeah, cause I, I've seen people who don't have that mastered and it's really, it's very, very distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and youthful, uh, youthful nest has this question. She goes, what if you don't have anyone following the live video? Do you just sort of keep talking? So let's say somebody's just kind of starting on Facebook. They don't have, they're not an on-air radio personality like you and have a bunch of fans that already just love Shannon Hernandez and his beard. <laughs> That's such and, a lie. <laughs> and so what, so what do they, what do they do when they first get started? And like, if they, if they start a show and there are no comments, you know, I know that's a big fear of a lot of people as they go and there's nobody there. And am I talk, what am, who am I talking to? So, so what do you do in situations like that? Yeah. You know, uh, in the beginning, you're, it's just like anything you're probably going to have a crappy engagement but what needs to happen is that if you are doing a live stream and you get two people that join and it's like oh hey like my buddy josh he does this like he's got he gets very minimal engagement and i've been coaching him to get more engagement and i tell him just keep talking about certain things just keep talking and then let people know you're going to keep doing this every wednesday at 1 p.m to get them engaged so that they can start scheduling out time to be like, Oh, I want to see what's up with Josh. Like what's Josh doing? So if you're going to be doing a live feed, just keep talking and add important points into your live feed because the best part about that youthfulness is that, um, when that video ends, once it ends, it's still favored in the newsfeed is going to be one of those things that it's going to be at the top of the newsfeed for your friends. They're going to see that you did a live stream. And so they'll watch it and they'll be like, oh, wow, she did a live stream. But make sure you have some, in, you know, some information in there. You got to remember that when you're doing this type of stuff, you're, kind, you're actually just you're you're an entertainer at this point. If you want to get a live feed, you're an entertainer. You're either an entertainer or you're an educator. Okay, right. so you're at that point an edutainer, edutainer at that point. So you have to remember that not everyone wants to learn all about like, you know, I, I don't want to learn all about email marketing. Like you've got to show some of your personality in there. You got to show like, hey, if right. you're if you're a, an amazing cook, show people how you make your most amazing egg breakfast and show them the ingredients and ask them. What do you guys think? What would you add to this? I mean, you've got to show your personality. This is a reason why we call them on-air personalities or news personalities because they may be a person they may be a person on the news but they are also a person outside of that they have a right. personality so that's why we call them online personalities they have a personality that goes along with their brand very cool yeah so don't just stand there and and read something because i've seen people do that too they have like note cards somewhere hidden off camera and they'll just be reading. And so you, you do want to show your personality. Here's the, here's another question I, I wanted to ask you. What are some tips that you use to control? And I know you guys call it dead air. 
you know, when it's, <laughs> just, yeah. there's nothing on, you know, if you forget to turn on the radio, turn on the music or whatever, but there's, you, you talk and then you just kind of, uh, I don't know what to say next. And there's a dead spot. Uh, what do you tell people about controlling that? Oh, sorry. See, I didn't freak I didn't freak out though. See? Yeah, you didn't freak out. Yeah. You just don't freak out. And, and especially in this type of, platform this type of platform you don't have to freak out about dead air because they know that you're they know that you're doing it like you're, they, they know that yo i gotta pick up my phone and i have to share this out no i and, you know they know that you've got to do that so if you're just tipping them off really you just say hey guys hang tight i gotta do this real quick um just uh, if you watch my last live feed from the other night about halfway through a co-worker of mine from one of the other radio stations from the morning show popped in and um totally interrupted my feed and it wasn't a bad thing i because i actually welcome that so i welcome things like interruptions i welcome things like dead air i welcome things like you know a shoddy stream i welcome that because the technology is not perfect nothing is perfect i mean i'm human too i'm not perfect so there's just things that you just cannot freak out about and like you can't go oh my god it's the end of the world. No, it's not really. It, right. I promise you it's not because, you know, a, a city didn't get bombed and people didn't die. And I promise you it's not the end of the world. So um, if there's dead air, just know that it's OK. It's OK. But you have to pick up the conversation because if there's too much dead air, if there's just like if, if you like put the stream and it's like it's just like showing the background and it's gone for a while. People aren't going to respond to that, and you know, unless they have already built a community with other people to talk about that, knowing that you actually had to go into the kitchen to grab, you know, a jug of water. So it's just understand your situation. Gotcha. So one of my one your talk that I heard for the first time at Podcast Movement was really really good, and you talked about controlling the clock. And you said that's something that radio personalities do. And so, and you also translated that into podcasts and also live video. So what do you mean? Can you explain really quick what you mean by controlling the clock to some of these people who may not be familiar with it? Um, so controlling the clock, um, it's really all, it's, it's really kind of radio terminology that sounds amazing, but it's not, it's, it's actually just very simple. Um, in radio, we have what we call, is an hourly clock and it's segmented out in like a pie. So if you look like, if you look like a, a, pie, a pie graph, um, you have the top of the hour is the very top. So you draw a line down the middle vertical. And so the very top where that line is, is your zero, zero. That's the top of your hour. And then of course you have segmented out certain areas of that hour to what you're going to be talking about. Okay. So say in the first five minutes, um, I have cut out a piece of that circle from the top of the hour. So from two o'clock to two o five, I am going to be talking about, uh, you know, I'm going to be talking about my calls to action, share out blank, blank, blank. All right. Those beginning things then from six minutes. And so then I've, I've cut out another piece of the pie from six minutes to let's say about uh, 10 minutes. That's where I give like a tip. And, and this is really good for podcasters too. Uh, that's where I give out a tip and I talk about the latest tip. Michael Stelzner from Social Examiner does this really well. Uh, news talk radio stations do this very well. And they give some type of tip or they talk about some type of news or something that's in the news and they control that clock. 
to the point to where it's from six minutes to 10 minutes. And if they're coming up on that 10 minute mark, they know they've got to keep moving because it's all about the attention span of your viewer or your listener. Your viewer or your listener is never going to stay the whole time if it's not interesting. So you got to keep it engaging and you got to keep it moving. So you got to keep that clock moving. So let's say from 11 minutes to 20 minutes is an interview at that point. You're switching up the dynamic of the hour or the half an hour because people's attention span, again, tunes out like that. It's just like this blab. I've seen people jump in and I've seen them jump out. If there's something that there's not engaging, they'll tune out. And that's totally cool. But the whole point is that if someone says, I want to listen to Jeff's podcast, The Manly Pinterest Tip Show, we have discussed certain points, like you've asked certain questions in your interview process that has switched the whole show up. And that could be part of your clock, too. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's very cool. But it's also important to do that on, and you kind of explained it earlier, on live video. Like you had the very beginning when you're doing kind of, hey, who's here? And then welcome to the show. Here's my calls to action. And then you went back and did the comments. And so I think even with live video, being strategic with your clock is very important. You probably do it just without even thinking about it anymore. But from somebody who just starts going, okay, from this amount of time to this amount of time, I want to do this, this amount of time, you know, and break it down that way, I think would be very, very helpful, especially for people who are real nervous about getting on and doing, you know, live video. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess my best advice to a person who's like really nervous, because I mean, uh, you know, you, you've met my sister, Wendy, my sister, Wendy is, um, she's a, an attorney. And I remember the first time she ever got on a Google hangout and she like freaked out and she's like, uh, like she almost froze up. Like, she froze up to the point to where like, it was like, you know, hey. it's like, just like, it's okay. Chill out. Like you're okay. You're not, you're not going to die. I promise you. And so then, uh, over time, like we got her to the point I'm like, just, I go tell, I just told her, don't worry about it. Like who cares? I mean, everyone knows. So they don't know. And that's, I think an important thing in live feeding is that if you feel that you're nervous and you're like oh my god i've got a zit on my oh my god and i've got oh my a hair is out of place uh, my lipstick is up don't worry about it because i mean you're the only one that's freaking out about this like it's it's you don't need to worry about it and freak out about it now if you have like food in your teeth your audience is definitely going to let you know and just play it off be like oh yeah i've got food in my teeth you know yeah. there's nothing to worry about i mean embarrassment lasts a second every time it happens so why not embrace it and move forward that's what some of the best entertainers do and look at some of the best performers i mean um look at guys like dave Grohl from the foo fighters anytime something bad happens on stage he plays it off and he like and people they remember it but they forget they're like oh yeah it's more forgivable if you accept it and and they love it and they love it for it too i mean it makes them personally yeah so another question is should you have notes for a live video should is that important or should you always be looking right at the camera and never stray away um it depends this is a very weird question because for me like in the beginning let's let's put it this way okay in the beginning yes you should have notes because in my very first live streams i went in and i got a piece of paper out and i i wrote out like what i was going to talk about the things i needed to talk about in 15 minutes my typical live feeds were 15 minutes on periscope and i was writing out these things but not all the time did i get to those things but i wrote out notes and i made points to talk about and then once i made that first point on my notes then i said okay let's go ahead and go to the comments and so then like when i go like this and i I look at my screen that's what i would do like it looks like i'm looking at my screen and i start reading the comments so then yeah you have to read the comments you have to always look at the screen 
you have to read the comments. You have to come back. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, Anthony, I totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what, man? Starting a band in the summer in a garage is like the worst thing ever. I totally get it. Uh, yeah, hey, thank you so much for showing up, Gretchen. I appreciate it. And they appreciate that engagement. Then you can jump back in. And you got to use these keywords to kind of get the conversation moving to your next topic. You say things like, okay, let's go ahead and switch some gears right now. I want to move into a different topic right now. You guys cool with that? And typically when you say, are you guys cool with that? They're like, yeah, let's go. You'll see them say, yeah, let's go. Let's move. And they'll start moving along. And that's really cool to see because it's like you're taking them for the ride with you. You're taking them right. with the on the ride. And they're like, oh, yeah. So if I was in Colorado and I was touring downtown Denver, they'd be like, oh, you go to the corner. And I'm like, I'm going to go to the corner. Oh, we go to this really cool local restaurant, order the fish taco. Oh, what should I get on the fish taco? And they start doing that. Okay. So that's that's kind of something that you can do. I wouldn't recommend doing like a live stream out on the street because it, the service is just always tough. Always be doing it on a, on a Wi-Fi. But to go back to that question and answer, um, yeah, use live notes in the beginning, in the, in the middle, like when you start becoming like an intermediate live feeder, you're going to end up like, just, you're just going to like Tuesday's live feed was like totally off the cuff. And it was like one of, and I had like 15,000 views to it. And like, it was about, tell me your best live or tell me about your favorite concert experience. And it might've been a little clickbaity, but I, I didn't intend for it to be clickbaity. I said, tell me about, I go, I said, I have Rob Zombie and corn tickets. You want them? Tell me about your favorite concert experience. So it was a little clickbaity, yeah. but, but still, it got some engagement and it re it introduced some people to me. And I typically don't do that, but you know, I, I, I typically just don't do that. So, but I did, and I'm kind of a jerk for it. In the comments right now, you've already got a, uh, MC Salma says, you know, sh you mentioned tacos twice. I'm going to follow you. Now, Mr. <laughs> so you made a new fan. Who, so who doesn't love tacos? Tacos are, ugh. yeah, they bring the world together. Yeah. So, um, they brought us together. <laughs> we, we were talking about this earlier today, but how important do you think it is? And this is something a little probably that Facebook does a lot better than Twitter did, but the ease of sharing. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I like doing blabs and then doing on on uh, a uh, on Wirecast. Because when I have a guest, then they typically, like you did, shared it to your stream. And even when I'm a guest on somebody else's show, since I have Wirecast, I can share it on other people's streams. So how important do you think that sharing aspect is for Facebook Live? Oh, huge, man. It's It's just like... Like huge. Next question. Like it's very big. It, no, it's it's big, man. I mean that that share is 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 huge. Uh, like I mentioned, and kind of we can you know allude back to what I was talking about before. Um, the share is huge when you get on the live feed. It's just a big thing, you know, because the share on Facebook. Let's put it this way. If you go to the Manly Pictures Tip Show or you go to the Shan Man page, that's my that's my moniker that I use on the radio. If you go to that page and you jump into my live feed, and then of course now in the interface now on on Facebook Live on the on the phone, uh, it used to be before where I'd say, "Hey guys, you're gonna have to jump out, share this on your timeline, and 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 then come back in and start chatting." The reason why I had them do that is because, isn't it true that when we get into Facebook, when we share something to our timeline, it gets shared out to all of our friends? Yeah, it's a total. It's like that's what happens. You're sharing it right. to your friends, and then. What I can understand from the algorithm, because I'm a genius. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but what, what I can understand from the algorithm is that, you, and most people know this if they're really paying attention, is that when you share something out on the timeline, all right, and one of your friends likes it, then one of their friends will see that you liked a video on someone else's video. 
So it creates kind of this viral effect. All right. So that's why you want to keep doing that. It's like you want to get this engaging content that's out there in live video so that someone can share it out on their timeline. And then one of their friends can either like it or share it. And then it just kind of creates this like effect. Like it just boom, 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 boom. It creates this viral effect. Um, right. And it's not real. And you're never going to really create a viral effect on, on, on live video unless like maybe, you know, you're, you know, you're miniaturizing, you know, a tiger. And so it's, it you know, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, but, but, uh, you know, let's be real, your live feed, you want to get that, that engagement out there. I mean, uh, we both have this common friend, this mutual friend of ours. Um, uh, I think, you know, her Orletha Smith and Orletha is big into, um, you know, gluten-free diets, eating foods that are, you know, healthy. Um, and the other day she did a live feed and it was all about how to like, how to like chop up a cucumber or not a cucumber, a, a bell pepper, like in like three seconds and she did it. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, what? And it was like, no seeds, nothing. And I was like, mind blown. And she shared it out and then, you know, it started getting some traction. So, um, you just got to remember that that share is just huge. And it's, it's important that you're encouraging the share that, I mean, the Facebook wants you to share, you go read their documents. They're like, yeah, share. Like that's the whole point. Yeah, that was that's my point was to be real strategic. That's why I bought Wirecast, because when I get on a guest show, a lot of people don't have Wirecast. I say, well, hey, I'll stream it for you. And mm. boom, then they share. And I sh and being like when I'm on uh, when I get to be asked to comment on something like a social media examiner show and they share it out. Well, of course, I'm going to share it out just to, you know, hey, I was on the show kind of a thing. Yeah. And so it does being strategic about the way you share the videos and your live video, I think, is really super mm. important. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of winding down to the. I'm watching the clock. See how good I am. Uh, yeah, winding down towards. <laughs> way to go, buddy! I tell you, I've I've learned well. Um, but I want to kind of get to where you're thinking about where Facebook will be. I mean, they came out with you know one of the executives of Facebook said in five years there won't be anything but video on Facebook, which I don't know if that's true or not. But what do you think some of the changes will be coming on like Facebook Live video kind of in the next year or so? That's hard to say. Um, I, I would say that there, I, I've heard this from Mari Smith before. Um, and you know, she's the Facebook queen, so right. she gets it all firsthand. But I, I agree with her on this point that I think Facebook is going to be incorporating some type of, of, of application or some type of interface to their platform where you can do the same things like a blab or uh, Wirecast, something very, very similar. Um, you know, yesterday there was the news that came out about Facebook uh, just signed like a gabillion dollar deal with uh, producers to pe for people to create content on live feed, which I think is a brilliant idea because if you think about it, Jeff, do you really watch TV anymore? I don't, like, not much. You're not watching, t I don't watch much TV, but if you're like, if someone in the audience is watching, t if you still watch TV, great, but let's put it, let's be slow is TV really TV anymore? Because you're watching Netflix, you're watching a web-based service on your TV that you can still watch on your phone and it's still done on the web. Right. TV just or, does not exist. Or, or you DVR it, which even though, you know, it may be TV, you're still doing it. The only thing that you probably watch TV now is sports. That's the only yeah. reason I keep stuff around because my son's big into it. And so I'd get yeah. killed if we didn't. So well, and one thing, real, real quick before I let you wrap up here, but uh, one thing I did want to mention is that um, it, 
here is a thing that I would see Facebook doing. And this is an idea that I had, and I'm sure other people have had the same idea, but I have told people multiple times that Facebook is going to be doing something what YouTube Red is already doing, and that is creating original series like PewDiePie or whatever his name is, right. uh, doing these original series. The problem I think I see with YouTube and those that, those pieces of content is that if you're not familiar with those personalities, it sucks. And right. it and, and also see, it also seems that what is on YouTube lot or YouTube Red seems to skew a lot younger, and so I'm not sure I'm really cool with that. So Facebook's going to come into the game with original content with these producers, I think that you're going to see like live video that is going to be really stepped up. Very good points. Good points. Well, Shannon, I know that you're the, the live video dude and you actually have come out with a, a course or are getting ready to launch a course on this yeah. subject. So I wanted to give you enough time to talk about that. Where can they find you online? Where can they find out about this stuff? It's very, very cool. Uh, I highly recommend Shannon for any of this stuff. He's helped me out a ton. But where can they find you? And tell us a little bit about it. Uh, well, you can go ahead. You can find me um, on this particular website for the live stream. If you want to go to the live stream stuff and get on uh, the waiting list, basically, for this. Uh, it's called whenthestreambegins.com. So it's when the stream begins.com. And when you go there, uh, you're going to see the very basic uh, structure. I am still building it out right now, uh, but you're going to see the very basic structure of what I will be teaching in that course. And it's a novice. It's a beginner's course. Like I'm going to take you, I'm going to get you on the journey. I'm going to start you on the path to doing live video. So when you go to when the stream uh, begins.com, you can get there, sign up and get on the waiting list. Um, I'm going to be doing a beta course for this. So get in on the ground floor. Um, it's going to be like pretty, pre I mean, it, we're, it's like practically going to be free. Let's just put it that way uh, for the amount of stuff that I'm, I'm giving people um, in terms of the knowledge that I've learned or gained over the time that I've been doing a live stream. And I've been live streaming, uh, I think since either March or April. And here we are in July and my page on Facebook has grown uh, basically by 4,000 since like picking it back up on that page. So go on over there, uh, sign up, get on the waiting list. And um, in the next couple of like in the next couple of uh, days, I'm hoping to have some of these videos uh, recorded, launched. And uh, yeah, you can get on the beta course. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And listen, I totally, uh, Shannon is incredible. Why there's a lot of people who are teaching this stuff out there, but got, why go to somebody who doesn't know broadcasting? I mean, he's got the experience, he's got the knowledge, he does it every week. So I highly recommend him, uh, Shannon Hernandez. We'll put the link in the, uh, the, the notes later, but, uh, Highly recommend him. And I also would love for you guys to go to manlypinterestships.com, click on the si sidebar and subscribe to the email community where you'll never miss great guests like we have with Shannon today. Because at Manly Pinterest Tips, we're always adding testosterone <laughs> and, and at a time. See you guys next time. Bye now. Thank you for joining Jeff on his mission to help you be successful in the Pinterest world. Would you like to take part in a live show? Be sure to join Jeff's email community at manlypinteresttips.com. Adding testosterone, one pin at a time.